like the FBI safe house. I'm going to use that one. So that's pretty good. Yeah. enough of an idiot to name your wife if you really were in like protection or something name your wi-fi that witness protected by the fbi wi-fi <laughs> witness protection <laughs> program <laughs> well right or like if you were you know in some kind of <clears throat> witness protection program to put witness protection you know sam or whatever that's pretty funny though yeah well, thanks for joining us, everyone, tonight. Welcome to our unofficial podcast for the FX series, The Americans. I'm here with Mike and Mike, Mike from Tribal Rant, as usual, and Mike from West Coast Project. So welcome, everybody, to West Coast Project and Tribal Rant. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, guys. Our last episode <laughs> of the year. I know. I know. Tonight we're podcasting The Americans, Season 5, Episode 13, the final episode of Season 5 called The Soviet Division. It was directed by Chris Long. And written by the Joes. Air date was May 30th. So I got to ask, what do you guys think about the finale? I think it was just as anticlimactic as the end of the Cold War. Hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to pump some life into this podcast because it really fell flat for me, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I It almost felt like the whole season was like a setup. So can you have like a whole season of setup? Is it because you think they knew that there was going to be a season six? And so they're just trying to get everything set up for all the action of the last season? Because I think before they didn't know there was going to be another season until after a season ended, maybe. I'm just guessing at that. You could still have an ending to it, though, even though there's a whole nother season. You know, I want I want development and resolution more than I want happiness. I'm not I'm not really looking for everybody to be happy. So I, I wouldn't mind somebody getting knocked off here and there. Um, I was really surprised that we didn't see anything like that in this episode. Yeah, no big moves. One of Seppenwall's fans said we needed a Hank on the toilet moment. <laughs> now that was a <laughs> that good, took me a moment. That was a good season closing episode. That was. <clears throat> so, um, another interesting note in this episode, TVMALV, still no S. For anybody keeping count, this is the seventh week in a row with no S. Deidre and Ben got the last couple of They've been on. booted, yeah. They've been booted off here, so no wonder everybody's so cranky on here. But anyway, I just thought that was crazy. Yeah, now we got orphans. It's going worse, going the other direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and there was very little V. The only V I could find was where Elizabeth, like, smacked Paige in the mouth. And that was in in sparring. It wasn't in anger or anything. Was there another V that I'm missing? Hmm. Well, no. the, the suicide almost. That was a little gruesome. There, 
well, yeah, the kind of like the aftermath of that, but it's not like we even saw it or any. I don't know. It was really. I guess it's I'd, like I'd call that a V. I'd call that a V. Holding up the guy's arm so he doesn't bleed to death, and you got to kind of like think about. I mean, that was a little squeamish for me. I'm okay. a little bit of a pussy, but whatever. Yeah, that it it didn't bother me. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, so much I didn't enjoy it or anything like that. But I didn't really picture it like as. I guess it is. It's the aftermath of violence. I guess you can be violent to yourself, but hmm. I don't know. Is suicide consider violent? That's I guess. Hmm. That's a question to ponder, huh? Question for the ages. Well, we start back exactly where we left off with Brad Philip going up to the Morozov's house and they're beating on the door and he's really behaving out of character and I think or out of his character and I think that this has really got Elizabeth kind of thrown off. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, she was a little worried that he was uh, causing too much of a scene and he just didn't care. Yeah, he was going to break in the back door if he had to. That that would have not looked too cool to that FBI bodyguard dude. He would have had to dig a little deeper on them, I think. Yeah, there had been something, yeah, some yeah. some kind of repercussions for sure. But, yeah, Philip was, was being reckless. Yeah, and it, he was literally seconds away from actually doing that and walking around the side of the house because they pulled up just as he had actually left the porch and had taken off. Elizabeth's telling him to cool it and everything. She's really kind of starting to scold him a little bit about the way he's acting, but his whole focus is just to save Pasha, which is a noble focus, but this whole situation was kind of weird anyway, how it ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah, Tuan had the whole thing pretty much pegged. I was surprised, though, at Tuan. I mean, I, I well, we'll talk about it. But they made it inside. Tuan goes upstairs, and he finds Pasha laying on the bed, having bled out pretty bad. But he's still breathing. Elizabeth calls 911. But Alexi... Secret squirrel came up there. Yeah. Alexi decides to go out and get this guy. Now, I was really surprised by that. I didn't realize that Alexi, the Morozovs, knew that guy was out there. Did y'all know that? Did y'all get that? He was put out there for their protection. Yeah. And you knew that before this one. Okay, for some reason, I thought it was somebody spying on him. I didn't think it was, like, his protection. I thought it was, like... A member of our government, we find out it's actually the CIA. I thought it was the FBI, too, but we find out it's the CIA. I thought it was somebody that was watching him from our country to make sure that he wasn't a double agent or something, that he didn't even know they were there. That's what I thought this whole time. Hmm. I had no idea it was a guard. We should talk more. For him, I guess, yeah. But he comes in and he gets on you know, his walkie-talkie calling for help. And then we see him wheeling him out, and they're saying that he's stable. Evgenia's going with him, and the CIA stakeout guy is standing there looking around. He does this look with Philip. So what what was that, you think? Like, like, who the hell are you? Like, that's a bad wig? Well, he's had to have seen him walking down the road. Right. I don't think there was much to it. I think, you know, they were a little concerned later on. As they were talking to Claudia that, you know, he was giving me a look, checking me out, but, you know, nothing's really come of it. I don't, I don't think it was, I don't, I don't think it was meant to be anything. 
Yeah, Phil handled that pretty well. Mm-hmm. He didn't avert his eyes. He just kind of gave him a quick little nod. Um, I actually just did that. I was driving around, and there's a police car parked the wrong way on the road, and I'm like kind of leaning over out the passenger seat to look at him, and he kind of caught me looking at him, and he gave me he gave me the nod <laughs> like, "Hey, so I see you looking at me." I gave him like a little mm-hmm. nod back. You know, you can't. It's, it's bad when you pretend you weren't looking or not noticing. So Philip handled that pretty well, I think. So, what what was going on in your neighborhood? I don't know. It was just going? he was parked the wrong way to check something out, and he, it looked interesting. You know, you know how you look over at a cop car when you see him parked, and especially the wrong in the wrong lane. So, <laughs> I, gunned, I gunned it and got the hell out of there. Yeah, you got to be careful around here. It's it's different out there. If you look too long at them out here, they'll they'll pull their stick out and whack you with it. <laughs> Turn their body cam off for about five minutes. Well, Philip offers to drive Alexi, but Alexi wants his car at the hospital. And then he asks who the stakeout guy is. And Alexi tells him that when you defect, the government gives you protection. Like I said, I had no idea. I've spent the whole time thinking that was something else. So it's really and weird. It's like, oh, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Um, I would think that if Philip were not who Philip is, that he would have thought maybe he went next door to get a doctor or somebody. Of course, I guess a doctor wouldn't come running in with a walkie-talkie. I don't guess, but um, I know we get a stronger dose of it coming up later in this episode. But do you think this was a little bit of a hint to Philip, like a like a window into what what would happen if he went back to Russia? Maybe they would need they would eventually end up needing some sort of protection or. You know, hmm. some other some other outside influence would always be kind of closely invasive to their family. It would never be like the happy family back home. I didn't think about that. I thought that Philip was thinking if they defected, then they would get that same kind of protection. Now, of course, what that protection means when you've got KGB officers, you know, walking in your house day and night and having dinner with you. I don't know. But that's what I thought he was thinking when he looked at not about going back home. I kept getting like these really weird vibes from Philip. And of course, who knows what that is when you're watching TV, if that's real or just your mood at the time. But I felt like, I don't know, he was kind of talking about going back home. But I don't know. I felt like that he was thinking about maybe staying here. Did anybody, did y'all not feel that way at all? Y'all didn't get that? Mm, no, not this episode. I have previous episodes, but this episode is pretty much, you, you can tell they're talking about going home and crossing from Europe over. Sure, they talk about it, but there's a couple times that I don't think that's what they're thinking. I didn't get that at all. Really? Mm. I think there's an element of be careful what you wish for because you might get it, and they were starting to feel that. Like, it's easy to wish, oh, we could just stay here and live here, and or we could go home. Like, when you really don't think it's going to happen, it's kind of wishful, and, you know, you kind of, you know, you wish, you sit back and you wistfully think about it. I think now that it's real, it's harder, and it's a, more of a gray thing for them. It's not a clear, I can't wait to get the hell out of here and get home. It's it's They're wistfully thinking about it. Is it the right decision? What does it mean to the kids? All that stuff. Yeah, they're definitely uh, they're definitely looking at it through rose-colored glasses, with especially with Elizabeth telling Philip stuff like, uh, "Oh, we could probably just go ahead and tell Paige early. We don't have to wait to tell Paige. She can help us with Henry. It'll be great." 
I think they are they are a little little like you said a little wistful. Well, I think they're being forced now to face the the truth of it and the hardness of it and the decisions and the you know it's like like the difference in dating somebody and you know living with somebody or being married to somebody. I mean, you know you yeah, damn socks everywhere. The, right. Somebody leaves a salt <laughs> in a different spot. And, <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's that kind of stuff. Whether you're just like going out to dinner with somebody or whether you're like, you know, paying bills with them, it's different, (laughs) different situation. No, I feel like they're, they're thinking about the, the trueness of it and the hardship of it and the differences of it. Now I think they're being forced to, there's another place in here. We'll talk about when we get there that I really felt like that happened, but Philip and Alexi go back inside to get some stuff for the hospital, and this is where Alexi finds that note from Pasha. Yeah, and then out of the entire note, the only thing that resonated with him was Pasha says he loves us. Yeah, yeah, that, and then he can't live in America anymore. Right. So did you think so, Juan wrote, wrote that note? Said he helped him with it, remember? Yeah, or told him told him what to say in the note. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we had an immediate startling jump into the intro this time. I felt I was like startled out of that scene really? with them up in the bedroom. Yeah, it well, was to me. At least we got out of the intro. So we did. Good. And then we see the overhead shot of Philip driving down the road in his beautiful neighborhood. It looks like it's fall. And he drives up to Stan and Renee, who are unpacking the car. Where's the damn Camaro? Um... They don't drive the Camaro over to the Eckerts, do they? Well, they didn't drive that car over to the Eckerts. Oh, they don't drive any oh. of their cars when they're on operation. That's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> but this was kind of a funny situation. They were talking about a pipe had burst in Renee's building last night. And Stan tells Philip it'll take a month to fix it, too, if he's lucky. <laughs> I love that. He's moving uh, in. Only, only television can make you like an FBI agent. That was... That was sweet with the smiles and stuff like that. It was sweet to see yeah, Philip. It was funny, yeah. Smile. And Stan, and Stan looks happy. But this made me very suspicious of Renee. Oh, me too. Yeah, absolutely. And then later on. Right. And then, then, well, know. because they know how that stuff works. They know that, you know, if you want to flood out your apartment, how you would do that, that would cause you to have to move. And, of course, she's going to move in with Her Stan. Stan. For a month. You don't think two, she flipped two. a coin for Adderholt and Stan? Nah, I don't see it. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good point. Huh? I don't know. Cause Adderholt's kind of schmoozy. You know, he's he's sweet. So I don't know. Dennis would have been an easier mark than Stan, I think. Hmm. Well, Philip goes inside and he tells Elizabeth all about Renee and that she's moving in, that Stan's thrilled. And man, Elizabeth's a little sarcastic and bitter. And yeah, she goes, yeah, we'll, well see we'll... how that goes in a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys notice that, Philip? We got to have a little bit of humor in this podcast because it's kind of a downer episode. But did you notice Philip had the two lightest bags of groceries ever on television? 
He no, I didn't see that. He was carrying those two bags with one arm, and the one the the middle bag, which wouldn't have been held by his hand, was just stayed there right in place. I mean, those things you could tell they had to be full of bubble wrap or something super light. They were both <laughs> they were both packed full, but they were just he was just whisked right in there with one arm around him and didn't even struggle. Uh-uh, I didn't. I didn't. Know I didn't that. either. But you know, they're pretty thin. Maybe they don't eat a lot or something. But Philip, Philip turns on the radio and he's speculating. He goes into this, what would happen if Renee was one of them? And then she had a child with Stan. And then he goes and Paige thinks she's got it back. Right. There was like some weird little things like that. And Elizabeth looks at him with this real odd look on her face when he says that. So he's trying to like make himself feel better, I guess, saying, yeah, Paige has really got it good. I don't know what she's complaining about. It could be a lot worse. Well, he's just done the math on that. And then he tells her that if Ganya's going back. Well, he met Alexi at the tavern, he said, and Pasha's better, but Evganya's taking Pasha back home. Yeah. And Philip's saying that he doesn't even know if he likes Alexi, but he feels he doesn't like this family being torn apart at all. Um, and he says that Alexi's too scared to go home, even though they sent somebody saying that it would be okay if he did. I think we see with Claudia later, though, it's not okay no. for him to go back home. And then Philip's saying that Twan didn't realize what he was doing and how he would have felt if Pasha died and he's just a kid. And Elizabeth says, yes, like we were. So, okay, does she mean that they didn't know what they were doing and how bad it was going to make them feel later because they were kids? Or was she saying, yeah, we were young, Philip, and we did just fine? I think she's talking about just being an idealistic young twit. I think that's what she's talking about. You know what? I think she, I think Tuan but, is on his A game. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't think that. He acted on his own and he was a little harsh, but he it's by rules. He's a he's right. He No, I agree. I agree with you completely, hundred percent. His plan worked perfectly. It was yep. brutal. And, it was mean. <laughs> but when if they you know, they're not always the nicest people to other people. So, you know, he did act on his own, which is maybe not a cool thing to do. But I say Tuan is a good soldier, man. He's he's right on. Yep. And he got the desired Ex- result. Except, Home run out of the park. First time. Yep. Except for the fact that he thought he knew more than Elizabeth and Philip. And you see that a lot with younger people. Just because something happens to go their way at that particular moment, they think then that they're discernment is better than people who are older and wiser and have been around the block. And I mean, occasionally, I guess it is, you know, it is, it happened in this particular situation that he did end up getting what he wanted, but you know, it was what a a 10 to one chance that it was going to go that way and go that smoothly. Everything else he's tried so far has not worked. And so this just happened to work and then he wants to turn Philip and Elizabeth in. He wants to put something nasty about these, you know, 30-year spies over there who have somehow managed to, you know, stake out and do what they need to do. I just I, well, I don't I think he was, that was really overstepping. I don't think he was turning them in. He was just giving an honest report based on what he observed as the facts. And he, and I wouldn't call it a 10 to 1 shot either, Michelle, cuz his his plan was like if he lives They'll be so upset they'll go home. If he dies, they'll be so upset they'll go home. So yeah, the he, mission was to get him home. Yeah, he he was. Well, I get that. I get that. But 
you know, he also said that he could get the guys at school after him and beat him up, and that would make Pasha be able to take his mom home. He tried other things, and I understand that this was like a big thing because it was like a last-ditch kind of, you know, he lives or he dies, and either way, he probably goes back home. But I don't even know. I mean, I guess we have to assume that Pasha's going to go back home, but Pasha's not happy about going back home now. He's not happy about this. Pasha wanted his family to go back home. Pasha didn't want to go back home by himself. So who knows how that could even end up turning out. And I didn't feel like Twan made up anything on Philip and Elizabeth, but I thought he was sanctimonious on what he said in his report about Philip and Elizabeth because he felt like, you know, what word did he use? Bourgeois. Bourgeois. You I know. Think he was just giving an objective assessment. I agree with Mike. He, you don't use words like bourgeois in an objective well, he assessment. Didn't, he didn't put that in the report. He he articulated that to Philip and Elizabeth right. when he was counseling them. But and he was that's my point. See, he was counseling them and using words like that in a very, you know, I know better than you kind of way. Well, it turns out he did. In one yeah. instant. But he was well, right. One, yeah, but I mean, you know, a, a dead clock's right twice a day. You know, I just don't think it makes him that good. We'll have to just, I guess, just drop it with that because I don't think so. I think he's dangerous is what I think. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it. I think he's a good agent. I agree with Mike. I think he's a good soldier. Well... I think he's a danger to himself and others. Well, his, his shortcoming is one thing that you're right about, Michelle, is his experience tells him, I'm just a, I'm a soldier of one. I'll, I'll, I'll hang out and I'll fight back by myself if I have to. I don't need anybody. And that's where Elizabeth, I'm, you know, I'm probably stepping on your scene coming up here, but you're th- fine. That's where, that's where he needs to learn is that you can't do this on your own. You might think now you're young and strong and you do anything and everything you want, but you're going to need somebody. And that's what he doesn't realize yet. Right. And it's like, he thinks he's too smart even for these other people. And I mean, I think Philip and Elizabeth have certainly, if nothing else, they've proven themselves. And I don't know. I just thought it was pretty sanctimonious. And I didn't, I didn't like that. But we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get there. But Elizabeth's saying here that she wishes they could take him back to Russia She's with about them. Twan, right? Twan. That's weird. Yeah, she well, she feels very maternal toward him, and she feels bad for him here. She does. Right. Before we get farther on, she and then still she's... feels for him later on because when she sits down and counsels him. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get our get your take on that. But then we go to Gennady's. He's taking that polygraph with standing at her hold. So when the guy was asking him the questions, he was lying to him about it coming up bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, they try to get you to, they try to break you. When I took one for the police department in Chattanooga years ago, they every, they stop everybody and, and they have a question that they ask them. And my question was, and we're having some trouble here on, on this one question. Have you ever been involved in any undetected crimes? And of course, I've been involved in tons of undetected crimes. And and I was thinking, damn, what you know, what what do I what can I put out of my mind so I can pass this thing? So I made up some story about you know burning a dumpster when I was you know 14 or something down in Wildwood, you know, on the Fourth of July. 
And uh, they bought it and they passed me. But they, they do that. That's a tactic that they use. Yeah, I Were think that's aware? that's the game with the lie detector, isn't it, Mike? Because nothing from a lie detector is admissible in court or anything. So they use it as a tool to just say, hey, this looks a little hinky here. What Do you really want to sh- give us that answer? And yeah. they, wa- they want to trick you into really – it doesn't matter what the lie detector does. It's it's what you how you respond to their prodding. Right, right. And, they, and a lot of people, you know, they're hooked up to all these wires. They've got the expert in there, and there's – usually something that everybody's holding something back. So most people just puke it up when they're, when they're confronted like that. But um, the hockey player did pretty good. Yeah, but I think it's true, don't y'all? I think he really is. I think he passed. Well, yeah, he said he passed with flying colors. There was no blip no at all. Not a, not a little bit. So is he just, you know, a sociopath who can pass these things, or is he... Is that true, you I think? I think he's just a fantastic hockey player who passed a lie detector test. Well, he may have been coached. Who knows? He, you know, he may have nothing to hide. Yeah, that's what I think. Well, then Philip and Elizabeth are meeting with Claudia, telling her about how the guy checked out this, uh, the CI, that their guys checked out the CIA stakeout guy and that he's still there but not as frequently at the Morozov's house. Philip says that whatever he saw in him, he must have let it go. So Philip definitely thought something was going on, and Claudia is all happy about that. They tell her that Evgenia is taking Pasha back to Moscow soon. Um, they're telling Claudia that Pasha needs his father. They almost killed his son, and now they're sending her home without her husband to be blackmailed. Do they have to tear this family apart? Yeah, they're getting awfully touchy-feely and off mission here. Well, they've, especially Philip. I mean, he he didn't want to do this anymore. You know. <clears throat> I call this scene Claudia's card table of fate. You notice that cheap <laughs> ass little card table she has in her kitchen. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that was Gabriel's place or whatever, but they, I mean, they, they could get a nicer table for all these important things they're trying to discuss around it. It's just <laughs> yeah, funny. It's such think. a cheap table. And she doesn't make any tea for them either. I know they're missing Gabriel about right now and his tea and his chessboard and whatever. But Claudia says that she can ask about Alexi going back home, but she said it's not going to make any difference. She says you don't expect us to roll out the red carpet for this guy, do you? Which means essentially he can't go back home. No, he'd be in trouble. Yeah, when she says we're not going to roll out the red carpet, that means two taps in the back of behind the ear, or you know, rot in a prison. Right. I would think. Yeah, they're so also Phil- sending they're also sending Evgenia back to be blackmailed. According to Philip, that that's going to tear that little, you know, Evgenia and Posh are going to be ruined, too, by going back. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole family is going to be destroyed. Look at what Posh has gone through. And he's going to be without his father. His mother's going to be blackmailed. Who knows how that's going to end up um, over there being blackmailed about this uh, guy that she had the affair with. It's just, it's a terrible situation. It's not, it's not over for her. And she's already talked about how she didn't understand how life could be this hard. No, she's going to walk right into the arms of the Russian authorities or Soviet authorities. They're just going to say, okay, you're a family that defected. We don't have your husband, which we, who we really want, but we got you tell us everything, you know, and if you don't, we're going to whatever. 
Well, you know. right, and they're going to make her play that guy. They're going to make her turn that guy that she was sleeping with. It's now the Soviet, you know, ambassador, whatever he was. He's uh, going to be a, a Soviet. Uh, I'm sorry. He's going to be a CIA station chief. Yeah, over there yeah. though. Can't we get one so, relationship that works out nice and happy? Doesn't look like it. It's very sad. But then we see Philip and Elizabeth driving back home, and they're talking about how they have to figure out Paige and Henry. And then they come up with this idea to plan a European family trip and tell them just before crossing over. And Elizabeth thinks they could tell Paige before, like Mike said earlier, and um, she could help with Henry. It would be better for the family to not have this on their backs. And she's just like... So this is good. This is all good. And Philip's like, okay, so we're doing this. We're going home. Yeah. Yeah, ruefully. Ruefully, though. I I always thought this is kind of a joke. Okay, they'll tell them at the border, hey, we're not going back home. We're going over to Russia. I thought, okay, ha, ha, that's funny. Of course, they would have to tell them ahead of time. But it really looks like they weren't going to, they aren't going to or weren't going to, whatever. Um, That's really interesting. That's actually very mean, I think. I, I guess you get complaints and you get arguments on the in the customs in front of the in front of the authorities and stuff if you tell them ahead of time, but it just seems so brutal. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree to take these teenagers over there and rip them away from everything. And I mean, are are they going to comply with this? Are they going to get over there and never contact their friends? You know how important friends are to kids of that age and stuff like that. I mean, they're a whole lot more important mentally to a teenager than their parents are. You know, their friends are like the most important people in their lives. It was funny this week uh, on a time hop on Facebook or whatever, a thing came up where when Julia was like 16, she said, I don't want to wish my life away, but... I really can't wait to be 18 because she would wanted to move out so bad. And so she just moved out like, you know, a couple of weeks ago when she got married and she's like really feeling the pain of, of moving out. So it's just kind of funny. It's kind of like what you said earlier, Mike, about, you know, what you wish for and then reality kind of, Comes and smacks you in the face. Well, with we it. never really thought that they would go to Russia, did we? I mean, how? how what are the, the logistics? Would just be a nightmare in and of themselves, just in that alone. I don't know. I didn't think they were going to send Martha really to Russia either, but they did. So I don't know. You know, I don't put it past them. You do. Yeah, I don't. I never believed it. In fact, I put I think in my tweet for the podcast last week. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's not. I I just couldn't see it happening. Right? I just. Uh, it, it would it would be very hard to keep the logical sense of the show together if they were, you know, Henry's not. He's what's going to do? Sit in his room and mope every day about Saint Edwards and his girlfriend. <laughs> well, yeah. Or is he going to do what Pasha did over here to get to go back home? You know. I mean, they got to be looking at stuff like that, too, at least on some level, right? Because they just saw this kid who got pulled to another country, which is inarguably better, a better place, of, you know, particularly during this time of more abundance. And he, you know, was going, he would have rather died than stayed here, I yeah, think. They're, they're definitely trying to put a happy face on the whole 
whole situation is just not not realistic. And you can tell that Elizabeth's way out of touch with reality, wanting to tell Paige early. We go ahead and tell Paige before. I mean, she's stoned if she thinks she can tell Paige anything before and it'd be okay. You don't think so? Because no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Paige at all. I don't trust anything I feel about Paige. No, Paige is the most unstable person on this whole program. Well, speaking of Paige, she's listening to that joke Reagan made about bombing the Russians, and she's freaked out and looking over at Henry, who's oblivious. That's hilarious. I remember when that happened. That was just funny. Do you remember it, Mike? I don't remember it being such a big deal. I remember it happening like, oh, shit, what an idiot thing to do. But I don't remember it being such a crisis moment that they, yeah. they kind of make it appear to be. I mean, was it? Do you remember, Mike? Was it like really, okay, everybody, DEFCON 3, we're going to get bombed? Well, it was like, it's just like it is now with, uh, it's just, you know, now it's it's like amplified with, you know, if Trump says anything at all, they, they twist it and turn it. Uh, this was just a, a, you know, an open mic gaffe. He didn't know the mic was still on and he was just kind of hamming it up with the guys who were in the room and Turns out the mic was on, and the press got it and released it, and they talked about how irresponsible it is for a president. Uh, you know, uh, words have, you know, president's words has consequences, and and people people listen and that kind of thing. But I don't remember it being a um, um, a, a DEFCON uh, change, you know, in relation to military readiness or anything. I just remember it being, you know, looked at looked at kind of uh, negatively by by the Soviets. Yeah, kind of a fake news of its day, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah really, exactly, yeah. Uh, and it's funny, you know, because we hear Soviet a lot on this show. And, and, you know, when's the last time you heard anything about the Soviet Union? You know, there is no Soviet Union anymore. People forget that. They, they think that, you know, Russia and the Soviet Union are the same thing. But, you know, Russia was just, you know, happened to be the biggest, you know, part of the Soviet Union. And then they had all the little satellite states that made up the, the Soviet Union. It's kind of funny, you know, the Soviet Union was huge. That's a good point. I haven't even really thought about that recently. Okay, guys, then we see our Martha. She's walking through the park practicing Russian with her Russian uh, language teacher. And they come upon these children that are playing in the park. And the man tells her that they're orphans, and Gabriel wants her to be happy. She's going to get a puppy. I watched this scene three times, and I cried three times. Three (laughs) times when she teared up. Every time I teared up, I was like, oh, Martha. And, And the fact that Gabriel thought to do that. Now, I'm sure that there's a motive behind it, correct? Because they do want Martha happy. It's important that Martha's happy. Yeah, it's because- a calming measure to keep her happy. But don't you think it was super calculated? I mean, the ball kicks over right to Martha. Ooh, it rolls up, the little girl runs over. I mean, did, did they did they practice that? <laughs> I mean, come on, that was way too calculated for me. That- uh, yeah. The kid was cute and everything, and maybe that is a perfect fix for Martha, but the way it happened, the way it played out was a little too 
precise. No, it was po- look, look. Give me something in this dreary, sad show. Oh, okay, I'm gonna start crying. Right, Olya is all alone. This precious little mini Martha-looking girl, and Martha starts crying, looking at her, and it made me so happy. It filled me with hope for Martha for the first time in what two years. I had some hope for Martha. Oh, come on, you guys! Give her a well-stocked liquor store. That'll give her give her some hope. No, Martha. Martha. Whole Foods or something. don't you remember when she first got with Philip, with Clark, and she wanted to adopt a child? Don't you yeah. remember that? And it yeah, was like she's a got a giant deal. hole in her that she's going to fill with love from Clark and a family and all that never happened. And now she's got to have it filled by this little Olia. Olia? O-L-Y-A. Olia, I think. Yeah. Or maybe oh, oh yeah, the L may be silent. But anyway, yeah, I mean, but it will. I mean, it'll fulfill her. But I do think, you know, like I said, I do think that there's motive behind it in that it will keep her happy. And a happy Martha is certainly better than an unhappy Martha. But anyway, I loved that. I was so glad they showed us that. And then we see the Eckerts, and they're walking back to the Morozovs' home, and they're greeted at the door by Avganya, and Tuan goes upstairs. Now, Tuan goes up there to talk to Pasha, and he looks sincere, and I believed him for like a split second. You know, he tells them there was so much blood, and I'm sorry, I was, I was wrong to tell you to do that. And Pasha's like, well, it worked. But Pasha is like tearful when he says that. Pasha's not happy about this. No, I don't think so. I mean, he even points out that his dad's checking on him in the middle of the night. So. This is a mini Survivor game, right? Don't you guys have a podcast on Survivor? We did. We did. Yeah, we didn't keep keep up with it. We haven't had the time. But um, isn't isn't that the secret to winning Survivor? Is you have to the rules require partnership, right? The winner always makes the best partners and. You can't be at a lone gun mope in the corner. You have to work your way through and make friends and alliances. And that's the advice Liz is giving to Tuan at this point. You think that's what she was telling him? Yeah. You can't do this on your own. If you, do, if you try, you'll be dead. She, yeah, she can't, you can't make it as a lone wolf. Yeah, you're fooling yourself if you think you can. Yeah, which turns out to be interesting considering how the show ended, doesn't it, mm-hmm. based on the information she was given, Tuan. But, okay, so downstairs, Evganya's talking to Dee, and she's worried to death that Pasha's going to do it again because she doesn't understand this was nothing but just a ploy to get them back home. And she's, of course, blaming herself and all that kind of stuff. And this is where she says that she didn't think life could ever be this bad. And I'm like, oh, Evganya, you have no idea. You know, you're fixing to walk into something even worse, and you're not going to have Alexi even there. You know, back at home with no food and, and, you know, this teenage boy who's willing to literally kill himself to, to uh, dictate what happens with the family— and angry government official, angry government officials hovering over you. Well, yeah, and this uh, F- or CIA, FBI, FBI agent's wife, maybe I don't know. It's not going to be a good situation for her. 
So what is what was the point of the what is the meaning of this Morozov's? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got to explain that Michelle. We, we used to do Louis C.K. and he he would say people that get cut off in traffic take it way too seriously. Like what is the meaning of this? How could you cut me off my valuable space? So what is the meaning of the Morozovs? Are they are they the the window for the Jennings to see what happened to them if they go back home? That because they really didn't. It really didn't serve much of a plot point, right? The Alexi, Alexi, whatever, didn't seem to be doing anything too important. Other than yeah, other than that window, what what's the point? That's a good point. Um, they thought, I think, that Alexi was going to have something to do with the wheat, the agricultural thing, but then they found out that that whole thing was just not what they thought it was to begin with. Um, then Afghania getting into the, uh, you know, teaching the, the, was it the CIA or the FBI that she was teaching CIA, their language. Then I think they kind of switched the, the whole, uh, thing over to her. But, but yeah, I do think it's foretelling of, how hard this is and how far people are willing to go in these situations where you're not the one in control and you're not the one uh, essentially, you know, uh, pulling the, the puppet strings and how far people will go to destroy you just to get nothing. And I think Philip has seen that more and more, but, or, or, even seen or, it or how far people will go just to get back home. Because if you if you had to summarize this season and you put it all in like two sentences, you could say, okay, it was about the loss of virus. It was about the wheat. No, you wouldn't say any of that. You'd say it's about going home. It's about the decision whether to stay or to go. And I and I think this window with this Morozov family is made for us to illustrate for us the 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 pre the preview of what it would be like if the Jennings had to go through the same thing they went through. I don't I don't disagree with that, but I think even to go a little bit further than that, in place of, you know, going home, I think maybe it would be what is home? You know, what constitutes home for somebody? We see that Henry doesn't his his home is not what Philip wants his home to be. Alexi won't go back home. He knows what awaits him there. Uh and even I think even Elizabeth's having some some thoughts about it. Alexi is uh, talking here to to Philip about Pasha and the Soviet Union and how if Pasha did that there, they'd just lock him up. That that's the end of it. I, I mean, Alexi knows some things. It's just like this kid thing that thinks they know everything. Alexi knows some things about from where he came that Pasha doesn't know. So why and wouldn't Alexi as a father stand up and say, you are not, you two are not going back to Russia. You're staying here and we're going to work on why you're so upset about this, Pasha, but we have to figure it out. He's just such a wet noodle of a character. I don't like the guy. He doesn't seem to mind that, okay, you're going home. Oh, well, I'll stay here. I'm afraid to go home. It's like, what? Come on, dude. Stand or go home. Face the music and support your family. Do something. He's just he's just flopping in the in the wind here. Right. Move them somewhere else. Do something where you can keep your family together. It feels like 
uh, Philip and Elizabeth care more about keeping this family together than even Alexi does. That's a good point. So yeah, yeah, get some game. Say, hey, okay, look, I'm a scientist. You pay me more money, and I'm sending my kid to a private school where he can be safe because this public school bullshit's over. But he he doesn't even seem to mind that they're going to leave and go back home. And he he has to know that if his wife and kids, as a defector family, go back right into the mouth of the lion. They're going to be in huge trouble, and he doesn't seem to even care about that. I I think he thinks they. I mean, I trust that he thinks they won't. I think he cares about them, but I think that he feels, you know, like he's handcuffed with it. I don't think he's had a lot of uh, experience with fighting the government, you know, and telling them I've got to have this for this. I think his experience has just been to, to run. So I don't know if he feels like that's even an option, but I completely agree with you, Mike, you know, find a way to keep your kids safe, you know, find a way to help, you know, get him some English lessons after school and do whatever. I mean, do, do whatever, but it's just like you said, I think we're seeing this because this is exactly what Philip and Elizabeth are talking about doing to their own kids. And why do they think their kids would be any stronger than Pasha would be? Well, in this same more, situation. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, why? They can't speak the language. Why would they be any better off than Pasha is there? That's why I think it's a window to the future for the Jennings, and they have to look through it. They're forced to look through it. Although they still seem to be on on their way out when this was all happening, so I don't know. Well, then they go back home, the Eckerts do, and this is where Elizabeth tells Twan that they're going to be sending their report soon, and they'll say great things, but they will, if he wants them to, say that he may be better suited to other things back home. And Twan's very offended. They're trying to read their ideals into his experience. They're they're looking at him like, you know, we, we've been where you are, and and you know, here's here's what we're going to try to do for you, what we want for us, we're going to try to do this for you. They they're just totally they're on two separate two separate tracks, Twan and, and Philip and Elizabeth. Twan is like Mike pointed out, very you know, he's very very mission oriented. Earlier, you know, he, he was he was the spy, he was the he was acting as in a lead role where they were, you know, by <clears throat> by virtue of their position in their organization, of course, they're, they're in the lead role, but he kind of took over and made a better call as far as getting the mission accomplished. And they're all worried about, you know, breaking up families and, and, uh, you know, having somebody, you know, be over with you. And, and because, but right, but it's because they know the ramifications of that kind of stuff over a lifetime and the stuff you have to live with and the voices that you're hearing when you close your eyes at night and how you can't sleep because you know the things you've done for absolutely no reason. They're trying to impart some wisdom. Well, then you should, he should go be a monk. He either wants to be you know, a, a spy or a monk. And I think Twan's choosing spy over you know, touchy-feely you know, monk. Well, Twan tells him that he's already sent his report in. Oh, yeah, he gives him a counseling And he's like, I don't, yeah, and I don't want you to be surprised. He said that he told them about his mistake in contacting his brother, but he also told them about Philip and Elizabeth not spending enough time there and how they almost compromised the mission in the end. Their interference. 
I think he used that word, or he suggested that they interfered with the operation. Bourgeois, which means... Bourgeois concern. Booyah. Yeah. Do you know what that means, though? Because I looked it up. Did anybody else look yeah, it up? Yeah, it's like you're, you're rich, you're affluent. It means... This is the definition. The middle class, typically with reference to its perceived materialistic values or conventional attitudes. And in Marxist context, the capitalistic class who own most of society's wealth and means of production. Hmm. So he really stuck it to them with that word. <laughs> that was a very well thought out word. But then Elizabeth standing there in her D. Eckert uniform, and she goes, excuse me, dear husband, might I have a word alone with Bourgeois is a French word, right? It sounds French, yeah, I guess. What's funny, you know, because Vietnam was a French colony for a long time. The, the French tried to colonize Vietnam, and they were defeated soundly by the Viet Minh, who later became the Viet Cong, who, you know, You're just showing out now with all your knowledge. Well, no, I'm just... I mean, it's it's just funny that he would use if if, if that's a French word. It sounds French. A lot of uh, a lot of the Vietnamese uh, spoke French, because really, yeah, I did not know that. Oh well, yeah, Viet, the Fr France uh, tried to colonize Vietnam uh, right around the beginning, or the the I think maybe even in the late 30s, but certainly during. <clears throat> World War II, and the, the turning point for France getting out of Vietnam was their defeat at Dien Bien Phu. Bien Phu Dien. Did you look this up? No, I'm just remember all this okay. from school. I used to be kind of a you know geek. Yeah, I was in a nerd. Yeah. Okay, but uh, that's pretty good. No, they were they the French suffered a stunning defeat, and I'm talking about everything they had. I mean, the the Viet Minh beat the French Foreign Legion. They beat they beat their ass. They beat him like uh, beat him like a drum, and they pulled out of there. So and, it is funny that he would be using that word, you know, assuming it is a French word. Well, Ho Chi Minh reached out to uh, the Johnson administration. He wanted he wanted to turn uh, Vietnam into a, uh, um, you know, his his Ho Chi Minh's heroes were men like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, and he he wanted to emulate, you know, their their radical startup. Um, he wanted his independence from from France and the United States. Actually, it was before the Johnson administration. The United States just kind of foo fooed him away. You know, this little this little you know Asian guy. You missed these, your calling. You should have been a history big teacher. Ideals. And then you could have used well, stuff like and the then, Americans. And then Oho decides, okay, well, if this big kid on the block won't play with me, how about this other big kid on the block? Who doesn't like this kid on the block? So we went to the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union was just all too ready to have another satellite state. So, ergo, the Vietnam War. Erstwhile. <laughs> yeah. just, just let's all be glad we didn't have to go through life with our first name, Ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's why the, what we take out of that lesson. So. Okay. I'll quit. <laughs> but... When Elizabeth wanted to talk to Tuan alone, I actually laughed because I knew Tuan was fixing to get a a spanking. I knew he was in trouble when Philip she walked away. She sat down away. with him though and counseled him nice and easy. Yeah, she no, liked. she didn't counsel him nice she and did. oh my gosh, that was not easy. I she, thought it was pretty easy. 
No, she was mad. She was mad as soon as he said, well, I've already sent my report, and I think that I should tell y'all so there will be no surprises. And she's like, oh, did you now, Twan? I mean, her little attitude changed. I saw her, you know, was completely different. But she tells him, okay, first of all, young child, we were running multiple operations during this time, not just one. The people back home who aren't in the field don't always get exactly what we do. And you should know that the center trusts us and they know that we do our job well. Yeah, so we don't care so what you, you Well, no, she said, so you putting that in this report isn't a problem for us. Hinting, it's a problem for you because you can't get along and don't have respect for us. There was nothing kind about it. I mean, I guess it was kind in that she was. She held it together was, the way she, way she did it. I, th I thought it was a, I thought it was great, a great counseling session. <laughs> well, it was, you know, very. Uh, I thought it was stern. She goes, and by the way, you're not going to make it. It's too hard to do it alone. To to do alone, you're going to fail. Something will happen, you'll get caught or die, and one day it's all going to come crashing down. You need somebody, make them send you somebody. And he's like, by this point, he's standing there looking like a little whipped puppy, you know, and he goes, a woman? <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah. So. At least when he asked for privacy, at least Philip left the room. When, the, when they were doing the Russian hockey player on the lie detector, and they said, all right, we need a minute to talk, they took like two steps away from that guy, and they started talking about him. I'm like... Oh, I know. Take a little bit farther away from this guy. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was like they were like, you know, just right on top of his head going, yeah, he did pretty good. You think he's telling the truth or lying? <laughs> Sorry. And here she to... was wanting to take Twan back with them. I guarantee you she wasn't thinking that. No, after not, he not, did his not little, at that point. Yeah, she wasn't feeling, I don't think, as maybe as motherly toward him. Okay. Now then, I tell you, you guys got to explain this one to me. There were several things in this that I just am not getting. We are back at home, and Henry comes in with the mail screaming that he got into St. Edwards, and Chris did too, and shopping, and blah, blah, blah. And Philip's like, yeah, no, you're not going. Forget it. I'm keeping the family together. You're not doing it. What the heck was well, that all about? He's He just hadn't told Henry yet because, remember, he and, and – uh, and Elizabeth have decided they're going back, and they think they're going back at this point. And um, but what's still, what's the point of doing that to him right then? Well, he's also fresh from that Alexi, you know, the Morozov family uh, breakup that's that's occurring right in front of his eyes. So he's got all this stuff running through his mind, and then Henry comes to him real excited, and he just he just kind of cracks and says, "You're not going." I mean, I thought it was really. Stupid. Well, it's 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 like Mike said earlier. It's the same thing as just taking them to to Europe and saying, "Oh, by the way, there's a Russian border." Hey, um, did you know that we're actually Russian spies? Come on, let's go. We're going across the border right now. To to tell a guy, to tell a young man like that who's excited about getting into this elite, you know, this this the school, and 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 this is this is what. Every parent wants for their child, don't they? I mean, to be able to qualify for, you know, get a scholarship and, and, and get a great education and 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 just and just grow. In sure, that we way. talked about that on that episode. And then and then Philip's like, no, nope, not going. All of a sudden. And yeah, but I I don't understand why would he tell him no? I mean, how? 
how don't ridiculous. You think it's, don't you think it's kinder for Philip to tell him now than at the Estonia gate crossing? <laughs> yeah, yeah but he didn't tell him. <laughs> yeah, but he he's easing him easing him into it at least at least not getting into St. Edwards. Oh, and also you're not getting you're not staying in the country either. No, I don't think it's kinder to do that at all. I don't I don't see the point of that. If you're going to disrupt his life and destroy it, at least let him have whatever he can have prior to that, if that's what your mind's made up about. It just didn't make any sense how he would just all of a sudden do that to him. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I, I'm kind of surprised you think of it that way. Because I think, I think letting him down a little bit at a time is better <laughs> than everything at the border, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, if he had told him what the plan was, which I thought he was going to there for a minute, then at least there would have been a reason for this, you know, destroying his dreams at this point. But I don't know. I just thought it was awful. So then we see Paige, and she's giving food out at the church pantry, and she's overhearing Tim and Alice talking about going to Buenos Aires. And Tim says that rumor has it there's a surprise party for him, but Paige is ever the spy and tight-lipped and joking with him, and she looks really happy. And then we get this beautiful rendition and perfectly suited to this episode. They are great at that, even though the episode isn't, you know, wasn't perfect, but Elton John's Yellow Brick Road I mean, how perfect was mm-hmm. that song? No, it was great. In man. this. Yeah, I, I'd never, I wasn't familiar with the lyrics. I, I found out when I heard it. <laughs> Me either. Did you know the lyrics to that song, Mike? Yeah. Come on, kind of, what do you mean, did I know them? I didn't, I don't memorize them, but I, it was kind of a goodbye, goodbye. That's what this episode was for me, an episode of goodbyes, because they, they thought they were they thought they were leaving, so they were saying goodbye to everybody and even the people they didn't know they were saying goodbye to. They were or the people that they weren't outwardly saying goodbye to. You could tell they were inwardly saying goodbye. And the scene where Elizabeth realizes when she's looking at her closet, oh my God, I can't take all my shoes. Yeah. She had to say goodbye to her yeah, shoes. Yeah, we're just just getting to that. So let's let's talk about that for just a minute because we see Philip and Stan, they're playing racquetball, and then Renee comes in and kind of takes Philip's place. And remember, Stan's told Philip before that Renee is like you. Remember that when mm-hmm. he first met her? So it's kind of taking Philip's place. But Philip's playing happy racquetball. about it. He's I don't think he is happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's smiling at him. Yeah, he's, he's happy for Stan. Absolutely. What do you think, Mike? You I'm going to use happy? the word wistful again. I think he's seeing this as a goodbye. You know, this racquetball court was a refuge of happiness for me, a little, wa- little block, cubed-in block of happiness. My buddy Stan, no matter what we are in real life, and, and here we're just enjoying an hour of racquetball. And I think I've been replaced. I'm a little sad about that. I think so, too. I think he was a little sad over it, and I think he was seeing what he's going to miss. And then we see Paige leaving the church, and then we go where they're you I know, she was going to get mugged. Didn't well, I, I didn't know what was going on. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But well, she's wistful um, too, leaving the church. Don't you think she's sad? She looks like all the, you know, there's kind of a couple little cans of beans left behind, and she's like maybe leaving the church for maybe one of the last times, uh, or leaving Tim at least behind. And she's leaving right. the church. She's she's she makes that statement coming up that she's giving up religion. She likes helping people, but she doesn't like the religious part. Right. So that's her her goodbye. Yeah, that, yeah, this was a good little montage of that. I I thought, yeah, 
I wasn't sure why they scared us with Paige in this scene. Had her walking alone through this sketchy-looking area and stuff, though. I was really worried for her, and I was worried she was going to have to put her ninja skills to the test or something. And I thought maybe they were going to do that, particularly since we were going to have some V in this at some point, right? And, you know, nothing. Was that a Stussy parking lot? It might have been. It might have been a stu- but I would. I don't know. I think they keep theirs more, more lit and taken care of because this was pretty scary. But then we see Elizabeth. She's going through her closet and she's looking at all her clothes and shoes and pur- purses. And I think Elizabeth had a moment of going, wait. So I'm going to go back to Russia, and I'm not going to have these clothes and this closet. And these shoes and these handbags. I think she really had a moment of, wow, look at what I'm leaving. Uh, Then we go back to Paige walking home alone. She's going through like a park area. Then we go back to Elizabeth. She's looking at her refrigerator and her dishwasher and her television, her turned off television while she's sipping tea. And then we go back to Paige, who's going into an even worse-looking parking lot, and I'm terrified for her at this point. I really wrote down, I'm terrified for her at this point because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I wonder why they did this to us and made this so nerve-wracking with her. I don't understand that, and I don't really like that in shows. It's kind of like the horror movies where the cat jumps out at you from on top of the TV and makes the loud meow noise. And that's the whole scary part. I don't like it when they do that. It's fine to build tension, but don't build it for no reason. I I, I think that was also the part. Wasn't that the parking lot where Elizabeth killed the guy that came up to them and bothered Elizabeth and Paige that one night, several episodes ago. It probably was because they were leaving the, the food pantry, the same place. So, yeah, you're right. It probably was. And maybe she was just having a weird feeling. And I'm going to get over them doing that. But as a general, because they don't do that a lot, build up this tension and then it go nowhere. But I really dislike that when they do that in any show, <clears throat> even I, this one. I put in my notes that this was also a Soviet division, This the name game with Elizabeth saying goodbye to all her western amenities and appliances and shoes and nice clothes and stuff this was another division that that she would have to cross over yeah i don't think she liked that and i don't think she had really thought about how attached she is to her life here until she started thinking about living without it and you know like the whole thing i said earlier about what is home you know this is home they've raised their children there and it's not going to be the same Okay, then we go to that scene where Philip is rubbing a friend of Kimmy's, I think her name was Linda, her shoulders, and smoking pot. And we find out Philip's name in this. I have never known his name in... Jim. Jim. I've never known Me that. Either. Yeah, we've heard that before. James. Have we? Okay. Also, James. there was another yeah, really have. good song, Elton John's montage over the, the scenes of the American luxuries that we all have here was really cool. But did you guys notice the band from your neck of the woods was playing in this party that Kimmy at Kimmy's house, uh, REM, REM South central rain. No, I didn't, I didn't even no, notice I didn't it. Pick it up. It's a Mm-mm. really cool song. I'm going to play it over my, uh, at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Mike's giving me a dirty look. When I he's like that. Yeah. Um, 
But this is where this girl starts coming on to Jim because, oh, you're such a good boyfriend. How do I find a boyfriend like you? And he's like, well, you can't have me because I'm going to Japan. And this upsets Kimmy. Kimmy gets up and walks off. She's crying. And he follows her. And she's like, when were you going to tell me? And he says, I was going to tell you tonight. Now, this was really upset. Uh, She was really upset. But this was a really good scene, I thought. I really like the stuff that he said to her. And what does this mean that... What is Jim's the meaning not, of this? What is the meaning <laughs> of this? It, well, is She says he's not her boyfriend. So does that mean that he has been able to keep this platonic yeah. with her? You think well, so? Well, yeah. or it's their secret to everybody else. It's Kimmy and Jim's secret to the, all the kids in the party. I think he's kept it platonic with her. Do you think so? Yeah, I remember that one episode where he, you know, she was really um, wanting something to happen. And he was, you know, just realizing where he was and very sober about what was happening with this young girl. And and he he stopped her. And I I don't think they've ever gone any further. I will say that Julia Garner killed the scene that Kimmy, Kimmy was sad and, Kind of, kind of laughing between her sobs as she's like, "Oh, this is silly of me to cry. I'm, I'm not this immature." And she really is immature. You know, she's a young woman, young girl. I, she, I just thought she acted this really well. I just like the things he said to her. He told her she's going to be just fine. She has this great group of friends, a great relationship with her father now. You're going to have a great life. I mean, everything he said was like something that a father would say to a child. Yeah. And I thought it was really good and I felt like it kind of uplifted her in this situation but but I really did kind of get the feeling in this that maybe the relationship had never progressed but I don't know. Yeah, so Michelle, so she he tells her he's leaving. I got a job in Japan. I'm moving. I'm not going to be around. That's okay. So why isn't he could have left her behind and not said anything and like kept her happy until he was gone, but he told her the truth. Why is that any different from Henry? <laughs> because she's not going to be, you know, have the the option to be kicking and screaming the whole time. You know, Henry's not going to want to go to Look, I'm not saying you should lie to your kids. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying considering what they're going to be doing to him, what they're talking about doing to him, let him be happy up until the time that he can't be happy anymore. You know, with with Kimmy, this may be and I think it was the last time he was going to be over there. So, hmm, I don't I don't just, see the difference that clearly. I just think it's not even – I think he's just tying up his loose ends in that situation. I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like you can't tell a kid his age you're not doing this after you've told them they can do this and not give them a reason. There was no reason behind that that he gave him. I just thought it was not well, it's a it's a f- – flimsy reason he says i want to keep the family together and living you living in another part of the country away from the family is not acceptable that's well yeah but we've talked you know we talked about this before though mike i mean everybody agreed all three of us at least agreed that you have to let a kid go do this 
Right. I'm just saying that was his excuse, which to Henry may be plausible. Like I can I can see your point, but I don't agree with it. I mean, it's a it's a flimsy thing to do, but I I, I like the fact as a parent that he warns him a little bit that you're not going to get to the place you want to go before it actually all happens with one fell swoop and he's he's in Moscow. I see what you're saying, and I don't agree with what they're doing taking him to Moscow, but I still disagree with how he handled it. I just didn't see any point in him doing it right there. All right. But I guess it's just different takes on it. But then we go to Philip listening to the tape in the laundry room, and Elizabeth comes in and goes, Hey, what'd you do to Henry? Henry is mad. Um, And... You know, he just agrees that he did yell at him. He did tell him he couldn't go. He doesn't really say anything else about it. And then he says he's got tw- about 20 more hours of tape to go through. And um, so then we go to Elizabeth. She's teaching Paige more defense moves. And then Philip is listening to the tape, and he's walking through the house listening to it. And I don't think we've seen that before. Usually when they're listening to those tapes and stuff, they're down in that laundry room. So that was kind of different. Yeah. But we find out that Breland, which is Kimmy's dad, right? Right. Is getting moved to the Soviet division. Head of the Soviet division. He's being transferred and promoted to the head of the Soviet division. So that's a really, really, really big life-altering deal here. Philip is considering not even reporting the tape. Well, then Paige is telling Elizabeth that she's glad about Pastor Tim and how all this worked out. And she's better because of him, not church better, but better, better. And Elizabeth kind of warns her a little bit. She says, he probably helped prepare you for whatever comes. And if I were Paige, I would have said, what are you talking about? What do you mean, whatever comes? But she didn't. She's she's kind of doing what you said you would you do, Michelle. She's letting her believe she can still do the food pantry. She's not doing what Philip did with Henry. She's not saying forget the food pantry, forget everything. That plan isn't going to happen. She lets her believe she can still do the food pantry. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Paige is saying she's not interested in the churchy stuff anymore, but she still wants to do the food pantry. And Elizabeth smiles at her. She's like, yeah, that's good. And they st- they start to spar again. She She's keeping her happy until she has to change her life up. So that's pretty interesting that Elizabeth thinks of it that way and Philip thinks of it the other way. Yeah, I thought Philip just had a tantrum. I mean, his doing that with Henry, I felt like that was a really emotional move. And his doing that with Henry didn't seem to serve any purpose. I didn't feel like he was doing it to let Henry down easy or anything. I felt like it was a selfish move on his part. Uh, uh, um, I want my family together. I just saw what almost happened to Pasha. Uh, You know, their family's getting torn apart. Um, Twan, who I was looking at like a son and wanted to take back home to Russia, just wrote something negative in a report about me. And here now you want to leave. You know, you're staying here. I don't know. I, I felt like it was a selfish thing on on paid on uh, Philip's part, but I could certainly be wrong. Yeah, maybe you're right though. So I just out of anger, you fuck Saint Edward. You're not going there <laughs> just because he's mad about all this other stuff that just happened to him. Well, yeah, could and he's be. mad about how all all the kids are getting torn away from the families, even his pseudo son Twan. 
I don't know. That that was just how I took it. You could be right, but I took it differently. But then we see Philip driving, and then we go back to the girls sparring, and Paige gets a bloody lip. Elizabeth really gets... I mean, she's smacking her this whole time when she's doing this, and then she ends up hitting her pretty hard. And then we see Philip pulling his car up to the river, and he gets out with the tape, and he's contemplating throw, throwing the tape in the river. And I actually put, is that actually what he's doing? I didn't really. Yeah, he's thinking about getting rid of the tape. So then we see Renee and Stan, and they're cooking chicken and drinking wine, and this is where Stan tells her that he's thinking about leaving the department, not his job, but the department. And he kind of half talks saying that the thing that his boss got him kept on in the department for is going to go on longer than he thought. And it's dangerous for these people. And they, some, they can't, you know, they make them an offer. They can't refuse essentially. And they don't know what they're getting into. And he is unhappy with that. He not be part of counterintelligence anymore. He even articulated to her. He said, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it feels bad, and I'm tired of feeling bad. And it's funny. He's he's come to the same come to the same place that Philip and Elizabeth are at, or at least Philip, for sure. Elizabeth's getting there. I don't want to do it anymore. It just it's lost its luster. I thought this would, would be a really good play if Stan is using, like, reverse psychology and feeding... Uh, Renee, this little bit of information just as like to see what she would do with it, and she jumps all over it like, oh no, don't leave them, don't don't leave it behind for somebody else. You, you're the only one that thinks that way. You should stand up and fight for it. Like maybe he wanted to see if she would do that, and he was testing her. Do you think? Because Stan is too smart to just be duped by the pretty blonde girl that stumbles into his life with a big leak in her apartment. He's too smart for this. I don't so. know. I think he's kind of hard up. I think he's. I think he's ready to go. I think. I think. I think he's seeing. Uh, he's got blinders on. Yeah. I maybe. I don't want to see Stan get duped though. I. I. I lo- I'd love thinking of him being in control of this situation. Well, he was kind of duped by Nina though, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a. Yeah, he's got a. He's got a. A, a weakness. Yeah, a weak spot. <laughs> where most of us have a weak spot. For these beautiful. Women. Yeah, his beautiful Russian women, Russian mail order brides. But she tells him she really lays it on thick. You know, she goes, I can't help but think that this department needs more people like you who will push back when something's wrong. And Stan, sweetie, if it's not you, who's it going to be? Oh, I wasn't fishing for a compliment. I know, I know. I'm just saying. This is just really the way I feel. Okay, so you guys, what do you think? Is she a spy? Hell yes, yeah, she is a spy. You think she's a spy? Yeah. It's not coincidence? No. What do you think, Mike? Stan, do you realize how much trouble I just went through to get this position? <laughs> now you're going to quit and go somewhere else? <laughs> Damn it. I got a flooded apartment. <laughs> I don't know what she is, but I, I think it, I, it, if she's Russian, it's too obvious. It'd be more interesting if she was some sort of internal affairs probe person. Because Stan did something that made somebody suspicious, like about Gad or about Oleg or Nina or something. Um, but I don't know. I just think he's kind of on to her. I think he's testing her. Okay. So then Philip walks in and he sees Paige lip and he gets a little bit freaked out. And he Mom finally... hit me. Mom hit me. <laughs> she, hey, she took it. She she was she oh, was, was she was not um, she didn't whine about it. 
But Philip starts to walk off, and then he decides to go back, and he sits down to talk to her. And I thought he was going to say, hey, Paige. I did, too. Yeah, guess what? Here's what's going to happen, and you're going to help us with Henry. But he doesn't say that. He says, By the way, do you want a real smack in the mouth? Let me give you one. No, Philip wouldn't do that. No, I mean, but with the information. Oh, yeah, really. He says this life isn't easy. He's sorry that she didn't get to grow up with regular stuff like a dog and a boyfriend across the street. You should have been able to have that. And then I really dislike this music they start playing. Did y'all notice they played like the intro music, but it was really creepy the way they played it. It was like slow and like, I don't know. It sounded like it was maybe a few octaves lower Mm. and it was like very plucky. It was really wrong. It just sounded really wrong. They do that a lot. They, they sneak that. It's like the, it's like the, we are the spies. We are really spies. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's the it's the truth music. We're this. What we really are is spies in another country. Well, so, so is it is it worse? Skills. Is it worse though for Paige? He apologizes to her for all this, but then he's ready to yank her life and uproot her to the Soviet Union. Uh, or is yeah, it... I, I don't know what they're thinking. Are they showing us because Martha? is able to adapt with this, like this child that they're giving her over there, that everything's going to be okay eventually. I mean, what are they showing us? Yeah, struggle. I guess just struggle. I mean, we're struggling for the answer. I, I, I don't know why it would be any kinder to Paige to apologize for all the stuff that she, you missed out as a young woman, as a girl, teenager. Now I'm going to put you even more into it by taking you out of America and put Bring you back to Russia. Yeah, really. If you think that was something, Paige, just wait till the next couple months and see what. what and by the way, why couldn't they have a dog? I don't know. Maybe the center doesn't like dogs. They might bark out their secrets. <laughs> They're used to eating dogs, remember? They had no food. They could have had a dog. That was silly. Then Philip is telling Elizabeth that... Um, about how he wanted to get rid of the recording. He went upstairs and found her, and he said, hey, let's go talk. Let's go sit. He said, let's go sit. And he tricked her for a walk. He's he's a trickster. They did go sit, didn't they? They found a bench. Did they find a bench? They did. They They did did eventually. I think they only walked like around their coldest, you know, they're right in front of their own house. (laughs) They, They walked out to their driveway in the sidewalk area. Yeah. But... He's telling her that he was going to get rid of this recording he got from Kimmy because he thinks that would be better. He goes into what happened, that Breland got the promotion, and now he's head of the Soviet division. And then he says maybe they can find someone else to get the recordings from Kimmy. And he says it's not just him having a hard time. It's her and the kids, too. They're allowed to have a life. What's he saying here? Let's go back anyway, even though I found this out and I've got this in and all that. But Kimmy's going to move, right? No. I thought they said they were going to move him, like, to Michigan or Wisconsin or somewhere. No. Are you sure? Yeah. They were talking about a a football player or something when they were talking about Michigan and Wisconsin. They weren't talking about a move for Breland. Oh. But it doesn't make any sense for the Soviet division head of the CIA to move to Michigan or Wisconsin because they're already in D.C. He's very high up in the CIA anyway. But now he's going to be head of the Soviet division, and the head of the Soviet division is at Langley. Okay. So Elizabeth says she just can't 
the head of the Soviet division, and then she says, "I'm sorry." And he says, "Well, well she just can't, yeah, because she's she's running it over in her head, and she knows what he's suggesting, and she's going, I just cannot quit now. This is what we came here for, and he acknowledges that." And then she says, maybe you should stop, keep yeah. getting the recordings, but nothing else. Just run the travel agency. And this is where he says, well, you need me here. Just like she put the stuff on Twan. Right. You, you need me. And Well, you know, yeah, but he wasn't even listening to that. I but, know, you know, but he's, he's reading it back to her. Anyway, I'm a we're a team. Well, she says she's making him stay, and it keeps getting worse for him, and she doesn't want to see him like this anymore. And... They sit there looking upset, and that is the end of season five. They've turned Philip into such a bitch. Yeah, bummer. No Oleg. Nothing happening back in Russia except for Martha. Yeah, yeah. Oleg got this, the episode off. I just noticed that, Mike. I know we didn't find out anything. You know, last we saw him, he was on that bridge, and it was like he had made a decision, you know, looking at the night uh, landscape. So it's 1984 now, 1991, the Soviet Union collapses. They have 10, I think they have 10 episodes in the final season. It's shorter. So what, do you think they get to the Soviet Union's 1991 collapse or what? I don't know. I thought the wall came down in 89. Did it come down in 91? The wall, the Soviet Union, 91. Okay. Was the East Berlin, West Berlin... I don't know if they call. I don't know if that's the Soviet Union. The East East Berlin was certainly the Soviet Union, part of the Soviet Union. But yeah, I don't 91. know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't. Uh, I I can't begin to imagine because they have not followed anything that I would have predicted this whole season. So I'm really skeptical. To, to make any guesses about next time, I would guess, you know, that there's going to be some kind of time hop. I guess also it's going to be a better season, hopefully. This was kind of slow. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I don't know. I would have to say that there has to be some sort of a time jump forward just to get, just to move, just to, you know, two years later, here's, here's where everybody is. I'm glad they're in America. I'm glad they didn't go back to Russia. Um, I don't know about Martha. That was a little contrived, I think. I know that makes you super happy, Michelle. And it is kind of fun to watch the cute little kid. But It made me super happy. I needed some happiness in this. I needed that. And I needed something better for Martha. And I would think you guys would be happy about that. You're calling her like this loose cannon, you know, somebody oh, that they left out there. like seeing Martha. Yeah, but... But both of y'all said, why did they leave her alive? They would have never left her alive. But if they leave her alive and then, I mean, you know, now she's got this kid. She's never leaving there. Yeah, that locks That's her right. down for sure. That keeps her quiet, too. She's not going to rock the boat with a little three-year-old. No way. No way. There's no telling what they'd be able to make her do. You know, I mean, as far as, like, having a, a way to strong-arm Martha no, into a, anything. That's a good point. I, like I said at the very beginning, I want development, though. I don't want I don't care about happiness. You know, <laughs> you just want you want progression. Yeah. Show me see. the money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, happiness is great, but <laughs> overrated seeing the plot roll ahead is more important to me. More more. Fun. OK, 
I don't think we saw the plot move ahead. I'm just going to say it. This whole season, did we? No, that's the problem. Did you read anything? I was going to, but I really didn't have time to. Did you read anything about what people were saying about it? Were they upset? There's an interview by Joel with Joe and Joel, and they say they're going to be new characters in season seven. Um, See, but, I don't know if that's good. Do you? Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, how can we, how can we care about somebody when we know it's going to end? As Seppenwall ripped them pretty good, and that surprised me because he's usually pretty gracious with the people he interviews and talks to. Because he, he said they told him back in the beginning of the season that, that they were teeing up an interesting ending and they were, you know, be patient because we're setting it all up. And then he, in his last article just after this episode, said they set, they set a lot of stuff up, but nothing happened. They just set things up and nothing came of it. And, it, and that was not good. That was, a bad, that was a bad way to end the season. Yeah, there's there's so much open-ended. I mean, like, even with Pasha and Evgenia and Alexi, I'm assuming we're not going to see them anymore. I'm assuming that was the end of that. I mean, Tuan, they, they kind of ended it. Tuan turned in his report. They were going to turn in their report. That's the end of that. Um, you know, they, they were ending things, and I just don't understand how we're going to get new characters and have time to care about these characters when yeah. we know there's only so much left. Yeah, ending things with a whimper. I mean, we should probably not see any more of Martha. That's good. She's That's her story, right? We probably shouldn't see Pastor Tim anymore either. I mean, that's his story. How could they possibly drag him back in? Oh, I might be a threat again. It's, that's just too much. So that's a whimper. He's just going away to Buenos Aires. Uh, you know, Martha's a bit of a whimper ending, that, that little orphan girl, and she's happy. That's kind of great that it's happy for her but it's not really much of a dramatic ending no but i i like that it's if they can end stuff happy end stuff happy they ended pastor tim happy i'm with you i don't think that would have ended that way that doesn't make sense based on past you know scenes and stuff but they did so you're right i think that's ended um Martha, if they end, if they end Martha now, I'm happy. I would not have been happy with any other way that they ended Martha. But they have to give us something. You know, I kept waiting on the violence. I thought something was going to happen to Paige when she was walking through that parking lot. I thought something like really bad was going to happen to her. Um, and not that I wanted something to happen to her, but I was waiting on the violence that was in the, you know, the beginning uh, credit. They said there was going to be like violence, and we know violence on the Americans is usually it's usually more than just seeing somebody bleeding. Yeah, you get folded up into a suitcase. Folded up into a suitcase, or you get like the tires put around you as you're standing there and lit on fire. I mean, there's been some pretty intense violence in this, and then, you know, we just saw it was just nothing. I don't know. I was really shocked. You know, I was kind of upset last week because I thought that after, you know, like episode 11, I thought, okay, they've got 12 and 13 to really knock this out of the park. And then they didn't last week. And so I was thinking they're not going to be able to make it up in just the last episode, but I expected them to do something. 
Yeah, it was disappointing for sure, and a lot of people think that. A lot of people in the forums and stuff are saying that it's like, what the heck? How? What? You know, what were they thinking? This is not. This is not Americans like at all. No, it's not. It's not at all, and I'm really surprised by it. And I, I guess I'm curious. Do you think that they're just teeing up season six to be some kind of knock it out of the park kind of thing? Well, I hope so, but they could have still teed up season six. Is it six? Or, yeah, six, right? Uh-huh. More than five. It, they, they could tee up season six great and still have a great ending to five. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm confused by it. As one of my absolute favorite ever TV shows, I'm really confused by what they're doing here. So next week, we have nothing. No more Americans. But um, but we will, you know, let you guys know as soon as we hear an air date for the final season, season six. Also, Mike and I are still deep into seasons of Fargo and Better Call Saul, both on westcoastproject.com. So if you miss us here, give us those series and those podcasts to try over there. So do y'all have any predictions for season six? What's, what's going to happen? Are we going to be in America? What do y'all think? Are we going to be in Russia? I think it'll be the same. You think it's just going to be more of the same? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? I think probably a little more S and V, though. Um, I'll make a prediction I did last episode. Oleg's not going to make it. Um, too bad I like Oleg, but I don't think he's going to make it. I think Philip and Elizabeth will be not happy. I don't know what's going to happen to them, but I can't see them married together everybody together and happy and have a, have a satisfying conclusion to this um and i that's one thing i guess i'll say i hope they don't strive for in season six is ways to find satisfaction and happiness for people at the cost of like real life plot because <laughs> so the soviet union's going to fall apart if we don't get there that's disappointing if we don't get to 1991 and it's just like business as usual that's a disappointment. So do you think Henry's going to get to go to St. Ed- St. Edwards? Yep. I do. Yeah, now he is for sure. Hmm. And what about Paige? Is she going to go to St. Edwards? She's not. Is she going to become a spy? Or a um, food pantry worker. What do you think? I think Paige and Henry are old enough now that something could happen to Philip and Elizabeth where they have to run or one of them gets caught, thrown in jail or murdered or something. And Henry and Paige can be happy, which I think would be okay. I mean, I I hope they make it happy. Henry gets a good college degree and Paige does something and gets a good job or something. Um, And they escape the whole spy plot because I don't like them going to Russia and being a good little Russian citizen and... You know, Paige learning to be a spy. I don't want to see that. So I hope I hope they escape. I hope Henry and Paige escape. Um, I don't think there's going to be an opportunity for Paige to be a spy because, I mean, like you said, the, the Soviet Union's coming down in about five or six years, so it's going to be over. Right. Yeah, if they do yeah. the time jump. But we also have to remember it's like um, they were told last time This is the end for them to go home with their kids. If they don't do this now, they are either going to have to stay in America to be with their kids 
or it's going to be a real different situation to get their children back home because they're not going to be minors anymore. So I'm sure that would have to weigh on their decision with what they're doing or not doing too. I don't know. We'll have to wait till next year and see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see the stand catching them moment if that's a part of it. That almost has to be part of it, I think. Stan- I'm going to be really sad if we don't see some kind of conclusion with Stan, something going on. Or, or Stan yeah. deciding not, you know, to to not catch them like he knows he figures it out but he doesn't turn them in. And then he has his own decision. Cause, you know, he's kind of talked about leaving his job, too. Everybody kind of hates their job. So they've got it teed up where anybody can change from what they're doing now into almost anything else. What was the guy's name in Breaking Bad that had the bathroom scene where he discovered the... Uh, Hank? Yeah, Hank. I think it'll be a Hank bathroom scene kind of kind of moment for Stan. I think the realization will come to him when Philip and Elizabeth are long gone in whatever capacity they're going to be long gone in. Hmm. Well, either way, I think it'll be interesting, but he has to know, you know, he has to know. Yeah, I think that's part of it. So anything else? Y'all got anything else? I think Dennis is probably going to become a porn star. Dennis? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Adderholt? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, who else are we not thinking about? What about the people in Kansas who just left them all behind? Nobody cares anymore about Deirdre yeah, and Deirdre and Ben. Yeah. What was the point of that? That all that stupid seed of wheat plot. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess it was just a way for them to like trick Paige into you know what they were doing was a good thing because you know we're trying to destroy, we're trying to starve a nation or whatever. But I think Monsanto got a hold of the producers and said, "Look, if you don't drop this wheat thing, you're really making us look bad because we are the devil and we are here to destroy the uh, the health uh, nutrition." in your wheat. So back off, buddy. Yeah, I think that's what they did. That's why we won't see any more references to wheat. And that's why the whole season just kind of collapsed. Yeah, Monsanto just came in and scared the shit out of everybody. Yeah, that's one thing. You know, it's it's not interesting to me just to give service to truth in history. Like there really was the, you know, there really was the wheat. There really probably was the loss of virus. It probably all was historically accurate. But if it doesn't go anywhere in the story that we're watching, I, I don't think I need to see it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's the mixing of the historical. It's it's the the mixing of the fiction and the nonfiction together that makes it makes it uh, click. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of hate it that we're ending like this because, like I said, this was, you know, one of my favorite TV shows. And I really hope they pull it out next time. And I hope that the audience will hang around. Well, just contact us and tell us if we're wrong. I'm Mike, at Mike from TN and uh, Michelle's at Michelle from from GA. <laughs> I'm not from GA. You are from GA. <laughs> I'm at Michelle from TN. Tell the truth. And I'm at Scathing Tweets from 
from CA. Various unknown sites. <laughs> Y'all are going to get everybody so confused. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant and West Coast Project on Facebook. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and tune in. Subscribe to us there. Um, please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. All this information is on tribalrant.com and westcoastproject.com where you can email us or leave us a message. We always love to hear from you. So I guess we'll see you guys back for season six. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for Thanks. doing this. Thanks for letting me fill in with you. No, really, this was great. I, I, I really appreciate this, especially considering it's past my bedtime. So <laughs> thanks for filling in for me. Thank you. Yeah, this was really good. So I guess we'll see you guys back next year sometime. All right. See you then. Okay. Okay, man. Bye-bye. See you, Mike. Bye. Bye-bye.